Welcome to another episode of Stokes and Folks, uh, brought to you by here, the uh, Political Underground. Uh, today's guest is newly minted, newly elected Congressman Blake Moore, freshman from the 1st Congressional District. And uh, today, actually yesterday, or the day before, we're, we're, we're 30 days of you being a member of Congress. Is that correct? Just about? Yeah, just and, about. And uh, so what we're wanting to do, Congressman, is find out kind of, this has been, this has been, I can't think of a more dramatic 30 days for a United States Congressman. So um, maybe you could just kind of give us your overall impression of how you feel like the first 30 days have gone. I, I'd really like to hear the story about, um, uh, you know, what happened on January 6th, where you were just. Just start talking. I think you could probably occupy the entire show. And I'll try not to do that or, or, or you know, bore your listeners, but there is a couple of, uh, you know, I think very journal entry, noteworthy things to, uh, to think about. I'll confirm as many veteran members of Congress have, you know, pulled me aside and have said, you know, this is, this is by far the most event field month of any any freshman um in office uh you know you have big votes and i don't want to discount the fact that i may vote one day on a declaration of war like putting our troops um uh, in, in a position like that's the gravity of that will weigh on me much more than the ultimate what i've had to do today and i think people have said that but everything that's you know take, transpired over this last month has been um quite eventful uh, Cal, you know, you start off with orientation in November. There's a buzz there. I apologize because boats are getting called, and that's just the reality here. Um, and uh, so in November, you know, COVID restrictions were pretty heavy in DC. And so you, you go back to orientation, and everybody tried to make it as, as much of a positive experience as possible, but you didn't get a chance to really get to know people, even, uh, even folks from the other side of the aisle. You didn't get as much of a chance as is, is typical of what I've heard. So that was a bit unfortunate, but um, you know, jumping right to November, jumping right to January sixth, you saw. Hey, hang on, hang on one second though. Hang on one second before you go to January sixth. Tell me a little bit about. I think when you were sworn in, your who was back there with you when you were sworn in? Great. Uh, yeah. So my my wife and oldest son Max. So Jane and Max, my oldest son. I have a. We have twins that are five that we decided that this wasn't the time for them to come back. It was, you know, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of, a lot of logistics to deal with. So it and was, there's an uh, actual it, swearing it was, in then a formal swearing in. Tell us a little bit about the difference. And my mom and my mom, who uh, was really excited about this. Usually we have more family there, but we just, with my you know, pandemic and everything, kept my dad at home. Um, so there is, this is a common misconception. The, the actual swearing in is done all at once on the house floor. Uh, they did it in waves this time to keep numbers down, but typically that's that's when that's done. The pictures that you'll often see, the ceremonial hand on the Bible picture with the leader or the, with the majority or minority leader, that that's done in more of a ceremonial fashion. So you go into the office and and get a photo op. And that was honest. and that was in Leader McCarthy's office. That was is that right? Kevin McCarthy's office, correct? Yeah. And and uh, what were you sworn in on? This um, King James Bible, kind of an ornate one that. Uh, um, I looked at having a, my personal one that I've always had, but I thought, you know, I want to display this at some point and 
still read my other one as much as I as much as I possibly can, which I don't read enough. So this but. is this one was new to you. And it wasn't a family one. It was for this. No, we we looked into it. My grandma had one, but um, uh, it was very big and cumbersome. And so we went with something that was pretty cool to display and. And we'll, we'll be able to pass that down. Okay, sorry for sorry for interrupting on the minutia. Um, the one of the toughest parts about January sixth was the the mental gymnastics that was went into leading into that day. Uh, before being even being sworn in, we had GOP conference calls about you know okay, so there's going to be it looks like there's going to be an objection to take place, and and uh, you started sort of watching what was happening on the House and the Senate side and. And in the House, there was a momentum that was gained. On the Senate, that momentum was moved away from. It was a unique dynamic that was going on. I have all sorts of thoughts on why why everything took place. This is something that um, took place. The Democrats did this in 2005. A lot of people don't know that. Um, it wasn't to this level of um, expression or attention, if you will. Um, but uh, I knew where I was on it. And... Um, and so like that was there was a lot of like thoughtfulness that went into that and meeting with members and, and trying to understand both sides of what was going on. Ultimately, everybody really was focused on what election integrity and people just had different ideas on how to go about communicating that. But as we sat there, uh, I was on the House floor when the joint session took place. And when the first objection was made, it, there was there was it was a tense just environment. Right. Um and as they as the Senate then retired back to their chambers, the debate started. And I had thoughts, and I thought, you know, I'm three days on the job, but I I've dug into this issue, and I have thoughts that I'd like to share about why I'm not object why I'm not objecting, and um, I want that opportunity. So I put my name in the hat to to do it. I wasn't going to get a slot in the first or second debate, so maybe hours later. So uh, with a couple of my colleagues, I went up to the balcony because they'd asked us to sort of you know, spread out and keep a distance. So I just sat in the balcony and was listening to the debate go back and forth. And then, you know, then the, and I would walk out to the window and where you would see the protesters. Uh, another member, I remember him grabbing me and being like, you know, I've seen a lot of rallies out there before. I've never seen it this close. This is looking like there's something going on out there. And, and in, like, and in fairness, you probably, those that were on the floor of the of the uh, house chamber, they didn't get that luxury of being able to get up and because up in the gallery, you could get up and walk right out to the window and see what was going on, right? I mean, yeah, it, there wouldn't have been a vantage point on the main floor to go yeah. out, but the gallery, there's kind of those windows you could go look at. So I went back about twice to go like look out there, and it was it. Yeah, you could definitely tell that there was some activity. So, and then we. So the member yeah, that but, said that to you, how long have they? How long have they served in Congress? Is it somebody? That's I don't been know there for sure. I think you know. He, I think he'd say like, "I've been here eight years." Okay, I, I, seasoned, I think I remember a seasoned yeah, I member for sure. But yeah, he'd been there several terms, um, and had seen that before. And so, so I thought, uh, yeah, but I thought, yeah, but no way. <laughs> they're they're not they're not coming in. <laughs> so I went back in. I sat down, listened to the um, debate, and then all of a sudden, um, the House staff, the House floor staff. Shit. there's there's several doors like they're at the top of each aisle and they just shut the outside doors and then they shut the inside doors and they they don't often shut those inside doors so there was a lot of fumbling around on making sure that they were secure and that was the part you were like okay something's going on they came onto the podium stopped the debate um and they announced they said uh, there's been a breach of the capitol remain seated stay low there's been a breach 
And was and this said he, from the from the uh, well of the house? Was it was it brought was it said there, or was this said over like the emergency network? Nope. I think the sergeant of arms. Don't quote me on that. Okay. Even though you're probably quoting all this, uh, but he was a sergeant <laughs> Too representative. Late. Yeah, was representative from the sergeant of arms or um, a, a capital police officer that was responsible for communication came in and said that from the podium. Okay. So from the microphone. So he's just talking just to us internally. Um, I don't remember exactly when any of the leadership that was in there was taken away. I think it was at about that time. And then a different person came onto the speaker chair. And after a few minutes, they said, okay, you can continue on. So then they started the debate again. And I'm like, oh, okay. So somebody got in, they've handled it. And then as they started the debate, they stopped them again. And the Capitol Police rushed in, told us to get our gas masks on grab them, they're underneath the chair, and the police came in, and then the police were at each one of those doors, securing them, making sure that they were secure. That's when it got pretty intense. Um, and let, was- let me just say from an outside perspective, uh, you know, I, I was in D.C. for a couple of years, and and we never looked in the cabinets that have had the gas masks in. I think now that I've, now that I've seen what they look like, Maybe I would have brought my own glad trash bag with me. <laughs> I mean, they they look like the they look like some low bid contractor provided the, the gas mask to you, and and I felt I, bad. I said to myself, I am not getting a. There's not going to be a picture of me with this thing on unless there is real smoke and it's a real danger. I, I'm not putting <laughs> this thing on yet because yeah, that's it's a very interesting contraption. We've kept it. I might even display it up here in the, uh, in the office. Anyway, um, so, and, and I even remember, like, the ch- I believe the chaplain, I have to check with the chaplain's office to make sure this was exactly what happened, but I, I believe the chaplain came on and tried to issue a quick prayer. There was a lot of commotion. This is the, and I really haven't mentioned this much, um, but the, one of the most disheartening things is right when that most intense point came in, when the Capitol Police rushed in, you know, members of each side of the aisle started yelling at each other. And I was sitting there like, so they're yelling, well, this is about the funding the police. And well, this is your Trump that did this. And, and I was like, this is the most, in most of my life had ever really been like in a unique, in, you know, emergency situation. Um, Cause you could start to hear people banging on the doors on the outside. And there was this, there was this almost nature of yelling at each other. Um, it's, it was pretty, it was pretty tough to see. Um, but as that dissipated, they came back in, um, the police, the barricaded doors were, we had a couple members of our party that were, that were sitting right there that, and they're Texans, of course. So they, they had like, <laughs> and, a, and a guy from Oklahoma, they had like this thing that they were con- using to, con- um, to block the door in case that one particular area, um, then there came to a point where we're like, okay, we feel like there's a couple of officers. I believe they had, they had, I've seen pictures of the drawn guns. I didn't really see it in, at the moment. Um, but they came and said, okay, we're going to take, take you out the back and we'll be able to egress out of here. Um, that part actually felt like we were under control. Once you could actually, you weren't a sitting duck that you could actually be like you were moving. Um, that was the part that felt like you were in a little bit of control. So we rushed out the back, um, and we got under the tunnels and they didn't know exactly, we didn't, there wasn't a perfect, they were, hey, let's go congregate in this area. And I was like, I came to my, to my colleague, I go, look, we're kind of the target right now. Let's not all go sit together again. Like, why don't we dissipate? And so he and I went to our offices. So I got to go back up and we uh, buzzed back up to my office. Um, Did you take your uh, pin off? 
you know, not, I, not at that point. Um, I did later once I got kind of back up to my office. I mean, cause um, you know, based on your age, you, you know, you would have looked like an intern once you took your yeah. pin off. So you would have Thank not you. been, a, you would have, kind, you would have not been a target. Hey, trust me in about 30 years, that'll be a compliment. So, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So I kind of, you know, I called my chief, made sure nobody was in our hallway. And then I sort of ran up and, you know, I did some paramilitary skills as I was turning the corners <laughs> of each of the hallways, make sure nobody was there. Got in, we had a little secret knock that we were going to use. One thing that, you know, one thing that I remember, you know, they had, they had made a suggestion in the house an admin or somebody made a suggestion. Hey, if you feel like, you know, maybe print off signs that say, stop the steal. So any of the protesters would think that you're on their team. And I looked at my chief and I go, that will never, that's not going to be on my door. <laughs> and plus you don't want to draw attention to yourself. So um, anyway, so there's these, there's these moments. I'll tell you one interesting thing that it, the levity you need in situations like that though, too, once you know your wife's okay. And we, we, we so immediately when I got back to my office, I um, called us, I called the police back in, back in Utah. And I said, Hey, I wanted to give you aware of the situation. Governor Cox was already on it. Um, he and Derek Brown had, had already planned to get a patrol car over to our house. And, um, uh, and uh, so all the, once all that was settled, like, so there's really harrowing moments. And then you're like, getting text messages from your buddy, like, Hey, how's that new job going? <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Are you, you liking this kind of stuff to get, get you through it? So. Yeah, I, it, it was, I think everybody who watched it um, and saw the reports, it was uh, a strange time and I'm sure mm-hmm. very scary, but you know, you've, and, and like I said, unprecedented uh, um, first, first 30 days let let's uh can we shift focus now now that that's all over and now that you, now that the articles of impeachment have been sent over to the to the senate i'd really like to talk about your committee assignments something something that's going to be positive for for you tell me which committees you've been assigned to yeah this is the reason to be back here um every time i walked into a steering committee they, they make the decision on on committees i would say look I'm not here for popularity. I'm not here to be a celebrity. I'm not here for the tweets. I'm literally here for the committee work. Um, there's been a long history in my dis in this in the first district to to um, you know serve really well and 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 with a purpose. And so uh, I'm on House Armed Services Committee, and I'm on Natural Resources. Um, they uh, Hill Air Force Base is something that I talked about extensively on the campaign trail. Um, this is an opportunity, and we've seen a track record of of members of Congress from the first district serve on this committee. Uh, we weren't sure we were going to get on it. It's a very sought after committee, um, but we gave it pretty much everything we had. Um, and we definitely didn't think we were going to get on natural resources as well. Um, both of them were, you know, uh, important committees. They're, they're, they're ranked really high. There's a unique little ranking system. Um, but you know, the stars aligned, um, a lot of hard work. We made the priority for armed services, but Utah, interesting enough, had two people on natural resources just in the last session with Rob Bishop and then him retiring, of course, and John Curtis were both on natural resources. Utah has the second um, highest percentage of federal land. Um, and that's a key piece on, on having good solid representation. And so uh, it wasn't an area that I have a ton of, of, of particular um, experience in where I would necessarily having lived and worked in a DOD budget before for the for armed services I could um, bring a little more to the table there, but it's so important to the district. We really made that point clear to everybody. Um, they're, 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 I think I'm gonna get a, maybe a leadership, a vice leadership pos- position on one of the subcommittees. And then with armed services, 
another unique thing to, to call out is is the subcommittee of site on cyber and and um, information systems like where our future is going they've just oh they've just started a new subcommittee and i was selected to be on that with a really really cool group of group of people uh, and I think we can shape some some interesting policy going forward. So, so you were talking about uh, there there were two on natural resources, and now there's just you because Rob Rob went off, Congressman Bishop Bishop went off, and also uh, Congressman Curtis went off. Is that correct? Yeah, he got a position on Energy and Commerce, which is a really sought after committee. So congrats to him on working really hard to get on that. Uh, Chris Stewart's on appropriations, another really solid A committee. We've got good coverage, right? And Burgess Owens taking a spot on judiciary and um, education and labor, a passion of his. Like there's there's a good there's a lot of good coverage um, from from our team. And it's been um, you know the first district is a, is a really unique, uh, uh, really one of the more stable districts as far as representation over the the number of years. And it's you know for 42 years we've just had two members of Congress from from the first district. And I've, I've told people, I, you know, the first district because of Hill air force base, what you need is you need someone younger that can, can stick around and make a difference for Hill air force base, because it is a huge part of the Northern Utah economy. Now I know other places in the state don't understand quite the impact of Hill air force base, but it is a massive, um, a massive part of the economy. And so I'm, I'm so excited that you're on, uh, that you're on Hask um, House Armed Services Committee, and that will be big for the state of Utah and natural resources, obviously. Uh, and you'll get up to speed quickly on that. I mean, you're you're, you're bright. I don't see any any problem there. Um, shifting from that, was is there one kind of takeaway? You know feeling you've had over the past 30 days. I know that it's uh, an amazing thing to be sworn in as a member of Congress. It would, it would be, um, you know, the gravity of it all and, and what you're doing away from your wife and three boys. Uh, is there one thing that kind of sticks out? I mean, obviously January 6th, it was a, a, a interesting day, but just overall, kind of your impression of the first 30 days in the last few minutes remaining, what would that be? A term that kind of came up naturally during the campaign, um, that I want to be someone that is focused on productivity over partisanship. And you know what's funny? I'm in a very, very conservative district, strong Republican district but people never rebuked me for that particular sentiment. They want that too. There's going to be, there, there, there needs to be more collaboration and bipartisan nature back here in order to, to get things done. Um, and uh, I, I have a lot of concerns on it, right? I, I you know, you're, you're idealistic when you're campaigning and, and uh, I'm, I'm really concerned. Um, it just feels like there's this, and I'm even, thinking about how, you know, I feel like I've, over the last month, I've just had a constant potential op-ed in my head. Every night, I'm like, I really want to communicate this out there. I really want to, I don't have time to do it. And there's so much other stuff going on. But this concept of like, around and around we go, we're, we're setting bad precedents. Um, there's a double standard that exists across both sides of the aisle. Um, and and we need good, solid government structures that, that you can base your decision off of process and instead of just like what you want to push through all the time, I'm really, I'm really concerned about it. Um, and so the productivity piece is, um, is something that I, that I, I want to find a way to do it. 
I am hopeful that as I get into committee work, because there hasn't been any of that yet, we've barely had committee hearings. As we get into committee work, when you be able to, when you're able to you know, establish what your priorities are as you look at your district, and here's the five things that I'm really focused on. Um, you, you work with your colleagues to be able to get that done. I, I, I'm hopeful that's where a lot of it can be can be accomplished. There's a lot of the stuff that we've seen over the last while been a lot of signaling stuff, um, and um, and I've tried to remain objective through all of it. And I, I think, you know, I've got an amazing team that's really level-headed, and um, we're 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 battling through that. And yeah. Well, you're you happen to be uh, you've gone to Congress at a at a pretty pivotal time, I think, in our nation's history. I'm, I'm, I'm in the first congressional district. I'm proud you're our representative. I, I think you're going to do great things. I think it's, it's time to have people that are, that are looking for solutions rather than just, um, you know, trying to divide the sides up. And so thanks to your staff for helping line this up. Uh, thanks to you for taking a few minutes uh, of your day. You can get back to that committee work. This has been another episode of Stokes and Folks. Go sign up and, and uh, join us wherever you get your podcasts or go to utpolunderground.com.